0: Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. We've been going for it for a long time, huh? I don't know if you found, if you press into God, that you can actually get tired and weary. Has anybody ever experienced that? Yeah, and you're like, oh, I'm all out, I can't do it. Do you realize that you're no stronger than you are happy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. So if something's not making you happy, you'll end up running out of steam and falling over. and am like, ah. Oh. There's a, uh, a saying they say about armies. They said an army marches on its belly. What that means is what they eat is what enables them to march. And if they're not eating the right thing, they actually get too tired and they they can't keep going. I was a uh, a psychology major, and uh, one of the things I learned is that people, they can't get healed beyond the level of joy they have in their life. It's like no matter how hard you try to get healed, if you don't have joy in your life, you're going to stay at that, that certain place. And I just feel like tonight I'm talking to certain people in certain hearts where you have desire for God, but you don't feel like you can get there. I believe God's going to do crazy things with you guys in the next few months and in the next year. It's going to blow you away. But you can't be more fruitful than you are Joyful. Now, I'm not saying joy like, all right, put on the happy channel. Like, look, I'm joyful. That's not joy. Joy isn't just an attitude. Yeah. In fact, you can't be joyful alone. It's not possible. There's a, you know, if you could be happy by yourself, you could just flick the switch and like put it in cruise control and just, but things need to make you happy. And I'm not trying to, you know, say, man, I, I, I need more Xbox because that makes me happy. I'm saying, let me get, let me get into this message. Happiness is cool, huh? Joy. OK, so do you know that if you prayed for eight hours, cried out to God. The moment you finished. He wouldn't like you or love you any more than he did when you started. You know, if you got up every morning and read your Bible and said prayers and did good things all day, it wouldn't move God's heart saying, man, that, that one is so worth it. The things you do don't make him like you anymore. And so I'm, I'm going to talk about, hold on, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little theological here, okay? There is a term called first mention. Does anybody know what that means? Say something, Dal. Say it loud. Yes. Okay, so that first time something's mentioned in the Bible, it becomes the definition that the rest of the Bible points to, and it measures everything. So I'm going to go back to the very beginning, and I'm going to talk about Adam. And saying that Adam is a definition of us all. Okay, so Adam, it says God made him out of the dirt and so he's just there's a body laying there and adam wasn't alive he was just a body and then it says that god came and he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils now in order for god to do that he had to come really close right in front of his face and go Whoo. and so imagine you're adam you didn't exist you had no consciousness and all of a sudden Your eyes open up. You don't know what fear is or what it feels like. You don't know what shame is or it feels like. And there's somebody in front of you looking at you with the biggest smile that's possible. Saying, very good. Perfect love is looking at you. Saying, I like everything that I see about you. Oh, I'm delighted. That was Adam's experience. You know, I don't think that that's just the original definition. I think that's humanity's original desire. Adam couldn't screw it up. God delighted in him. I know what this is like. I I look at my daughter. I I smile so big, I'm afraid I'm going to rip my skin. (laughs) I'm going to (laughs) go. Because I'm so happy with who she is. And I feel like my heart's going to explode and I'm going to die. I'm like, no, no heart attack. So Adam had this experience with the face of God. Biggest smile you ever saw. I can't imagine what it made him feel. He probably thought he was awesome and God was awesome and life was awesome. But then Adam... He used his freedom and he sinned and it's so sad. He got cut off from that face. And then there's this horrible story of how humans try to find out who they are and what they're supposed to do without that face looking at them. And then throughout biblical history, there's these characters and they like point to redemption there was uh, Jacob. He wrestled all night with God. And he says, I saw his face and I lived. That was like a novel thing. No one had ever seen the face of God since Adam. And then there's Moses. Moses that said this. He said he spoke to God face to face as one man speaks to another. And then there's crazy David. David I believe David is like a picture of humanity, and he's pointing to a New Testament church. David, he would get all emotional. <laughs> he had everything he needed in life. He'd have food, he'd have clothing, and he would have this meltdown. And you know what he say? He says, oh God, as a deer pants for water, so I pant for you. How long will it be until I come before your face? He had everything he needed in the natural. But his heart began to cry saying, God, where is your face? I can't do it without your face. He realized he was more than just a living being. He got in touch with the hunger and thirst that was imparted to Adam the first time God looked at him. It's interesting in, in Psalm Seventeen, David says this. Remember, David, David was a reject. I'm, I'm not saying he was bad. I'm saying his family didn't like him. They didn't want him. When the prophet came to anoint somebody, they said, "Well, that's everybody." And they're like, "Wait, isn't there one more?" They're like, "Oh yeah, there's this guy David. Don't worry about him. He just takes care of the sheep." His family did not like him. I, have you ever been around somebody who's really rejected? Do you know what what, what it feels like? They're always saying, am I good? Do you like me? They'll get stuck in these performance traps. We're trying really hard to get attention. David would have had the strongest issues of all, of rejection. But I believe that his encounter with the face of God overcame that rejection completely. To this extent, this is what he says in Psalm 17. He says, oh, God, keep me as the apple of your eye. Do you know what that means? This is what it means. If you get really close to somebody and you look at their pupil, the black part, you'll be able to see the reflection of what they're actually looking at. That's the apple of the eye. David knew that God was looking at him, looking directly at him. Are you in touch with your humanity in the sense of this? When's the last time you saw the face of God? And I'm not saying open vision. I'm saying it's it's a matter of the heart. I just I believe that. These are all pictures that are pointing not just to the hunger of man, but the plan of God to bring the face of God back to man, humanity, not man, sorry, don't want to be sexist <laughs> man and woman <laughs> you know they Moses came and he made the law and he made uh the tent where they could come and do offerings. And after they did the offering, they had one blessing they were supposed to say. This was, there wasn't like 25 blessings and pick one. No, there was a single blessing. This was it. It says, may God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious. And may he lift up his countenance upon you and give peace to you. There wasn't a blessing of, hey, get some money, go, go feel good. No, the blessing was the face of God shine upon you. You know what countenance means? It means expression. It means they were supposed to be able to discern the expression on God's face. And it was supposed to give them peace. You know, I believe all of those, even that blessing, even what Moses did, and even what David did, I believe that they were all just band-aids. They weren't a solution. They were whispers of a hope that was to come. It says in 2 uh, Corinthians chapter 3, listen to this. This is New Testament. And think of Adam. Think of what you know what freedom is? When you feel what God feels when He looks at you. When you see what God sees when He looks at you. New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. From one degree of glory to another. With an unveiled face. You know what transforms you? Seeing how God really feels about you. What what his face is really like when he's looking at you. Seeing what Adam saw. I have my little girl, Leona. Leona. Remember I told you I was a psychology major? And uh, there is a single thing a baby will look for. They won't look for anything except for this one thing. This is a prophetic picture. They will look for a face that's happy to see them. And when they see it, this is what will happen. They will get filled with this euphoria, and their arms and their legs will go, whoa! Whoa! Because they're overwhelmed with how good it feels to be wanted and liked. And when this happens, it causes their brains to grow. God made them with this innate desire, have somebody look at me and completely like what they see. And if they don't have that, do you know what happens? They don't grow. They, They become what we would call mentally handicapped. what the the scientists call that feeling the baby feels when they get a smile, this is their technical term, joy. Listen, you cannot make yourself happy. You can't do it. You can't, even if you tried, even if you prayed in tongues for five hours straight, you can't make yourself happy. Adam couldn't make himself happy. What God felt when he looked at Adam... This is the word, and this is the word I want to release to you tonight so you can be happy. Because there isn't any hope outside of this. There honestly isn't. God felt delight. I looked up the definition... It says, intense satisfaction and pleasure. You know, delight is so important. You know, I believe that Satan's plan for you is to say, okay, you got saved and God gave you a C plus." And now you got to work really hard to get an A plus so he will delight in you. God does not want you to do anything for delight. God wants you to live from delight. You see, delight is not the side dish if the gospel were a meal. It's not. Delight is the main course and it's the appetizer, and it's the side dish, and it's the dessert, and it's everything else. God delights in you. See, acceptance will be like, yeah, yeah, you can sleep over there, that's fine. Delight leaves the 99 to get the one. Delight says, I want to marry you. Delight says, stay right here, I'm going to go prepare a place, and then I'm going to come back and get you. You cannot work for God's affection. And if you try to, you will not be able to live in, in joy and you'll get tired. Do you know what his face is right now? Do you know what his countenance is right now at this very moment for you? Do you know what it is, or what it was the moment you were born? See, Satan doesn't always try to completely cut us off from God. He just tries to make us work for him in the wrong way. Do you know that God is never going to leave you like ever? Ever. And that he's never going to stop loving you ever. And that he's never, ever, ever going to give up on you. And that even if you made a thousand mistakes, he's still going to be delighted in you. Here's the deal, guys. You can't form an identity outside of delight. You can waste years and years feeling okay about yourself saying, I just do a little more and then I'll be good. Just a little harder and then I'll be good. Identity is formed in delight and delight only. And the moment someone realizes God delights in them, they can begin to be themselves. You know, acceptance is like the outer court, God never wanted to give you just acceptance. God wanted to take you into the holy of holies, into this place where you realize he has such pleasure in you and that he's moving toward you and that he's seeking you. you know that this is, I think it was, I forget the guy's name. <laughs> but he called, this is, he called the, Jesus the hound of heaven. Because he chases down, because he seeks after, because he finds your scent. And as much as you move towards God, you have to understand that God is moving towards you. And you have to understand how much he's celebrating where you are right now. You realize it's only his acceptance and approval. It's the kindness that leads to repentance. And I just believe he wants his love to pierce right where you are tonight so you can begin to feel how he feels about you. Nothing else in this world can satisfy you but the very face of God. You were made for him. You're not your own. You were made to look back into those eyes. Transformation doesn't happen by time. It happens by seeing his face. It happens by seeing his face. It's cool. It sounds like a jungle up here. <laughs> um, and I, I just want to want you to understand something. That you can't love God on your on your own. You know that all your love, if it's really love, is recycled. (laughs) All you are, from God's angle, are a responder. You're not an initiator. You're an empty vessel that only He can fill. Your job is to be loved. Your job is to sit there like Adam did, open your eyes and go, oh, my gosh, he thinks I'm amazing. And if you try to move past that and get into things and busyness and leaning in without that foundation, you're not going to make it. I believe God has incredible things for you guys to do. And I don't think it's like five years away, guys. I think it's soon. But guys, I think that we're journeying into his heart and it's a discovery. It it says this in Ephesians. It says, oh, I pray that you'd be strengthened with power so you could understand the height and the depth and the length and the width of the love of God that surpasses knowledge. And so I just want to finish with this. You in yourself, you're not very useful to God. (laughs) You are like, on your best day, this is what you are. An extension cord. Extension cord has no power in it. It has no ability to do anything. The only power it has is to plug into something that is not itself. It it says this in uh, John. It says, we're the branches. He's the vine. You only bear fruit by attaching To the vine. And I'm telling you, that is not a vine of acceptance. That is a vine of delight. Do not downgrade the love of God to say, you're okay with me. No, the love of God completely celebrates who you are. And not when you get your act together and not when you grow up. It's right here and it's right now. And so here's my word for you. Let God love you. Let him love you. You can pray. You can go after him. But let him love you. And remember that you only march on your belly. That you can't make yourself happy. That you need to see the face that's looking at you. You know, it says that he's the lifter of our chins. Do you know why he lifts the chin? You don't look back at them. It's about connection. It's about friendship. And I believe what God's going to do is he's going to make a bunch of desperate, emotional people like David that say, God, give me your face. If I don't have your face, I don't want to live. When Moses, he said, he said, I'm not going unless your presence goes The word, it doesn't mean presence. He says, I'm not going unless your face goes. And so, guys, I want to take all the pressure off. You can decide to go after God, but he is the one who puts the gas in the tank. He is the one whose love is the foundation that causes you to make it for the full journey. This is what we're going to do. Stand up. You're all awesome. You all get an A+. Mm. You guys know how many of your friends that they don't know that God is smiling at them? They don't know that God wants to move towards them. Have you guys ever seen Heidi Baker? Okay, she's so strange. She really is. (laughs) And I really admire and respect her. But every time she sees somebody, she has the biggest smile. You would think like it's her only child. And she walks up. She's like, oh, my gosh, it's you guys receiving the love of God will cause you to recycle it everywhere you go. And it won't be because you're trying to be good. It'll be because you see something that God sees in them. The very smile that was on God's face begins to come on your face. And you see that everything is good and worth loving. So this is what I'm going to do. Close your eyes. I'm going to pray a prayer just for tonight. Close your eyes. Put your hands out, okay? I'm going to pray that you would feel like a beached whale. You can smile. Listen, close your eyes. That has no legs. It has no arms. It can't do anything to help itself. That you would let God love you right where you are. That you would let Him look at you. Just... Just pose before him. Just show him who you are and what you are. And that you would do nothing for the rest of the night, but that you would let him lift your chin and release his countenance onto your life. Father, I pray that you would reveal the face of Jesus to airborne and to this generation, that you would reveal the intense kindness and love and celebration you have, Father. I pray that the hearts, I just say the deep Christ to deep in this room, God. And I I ask that you'd reveal things that we have never seen, and you would take us into the depths and the height of your love. I pray for your face to be revealed. And I pray, Lord, that you would be the reason that we smile. And you'd be the reason we run. And you'd be the reason, God, that we live our lives. God, I thank you for these students. And I just bless them with your face. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.